Hello and welcome to the CLB Forge podcast. This is the show to help equip you and your church for mission, ministry, and multiplying disciples. I'm Ryan Nilsson. That was a great use of alliteration, Ryan. And I'm Mike Natal. We are your hosts. Welcome to episode six. We are doing great, Ryan. Thank you. Continuing to move in a positive direction. Yeah, I I think we're going to make it well over seven episodes. I really got a good feeling about this show. We will, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so today we are joined by a pastor who has been ministering in Minneapolis, Minnesota during the protests and riots surrounding the death of George Floyd. He's uh, served as a missionary in Taiwan for 10 years, and now he serves the past four years as pastor of Ebenezer Lutheran Brethren Church in Minneapolis. Fun fact, he is actually broadcasting from a room that I have slept in uh interesting story but we're just gonna let, let that hover wait i'm that's not interesting tell story you the backstory behind it uh we're just gonna let it go yeah it is i mean it's great i have slept in that room that he broadcasts from uh he's got his bs in economics and a master's in divinity from the lutheran brethren seminary he is a christian reconciler through ambassadors of reconciliation he serves the christian community in personal peacemaking teaching biblical reconciliation, coaching, mediation, and group reconciliation assistance. He and his wife, Chris, and their three teenagers live in Minneapolis, and you can find more information about him and his ministry at myebenezerchurch.com. We welcome Pastor Andy Larson, S-O-N, to our podcast. E- <laughs> I know. That's why I figured it's it's in there as S-O-N, but he is S-E-N. So we are happy that you are here today with us, Andy. We have a little bit of fun on this podcast uh, to kind of keep things lively and enjoyable. Um, So we're happy that you're here. Two E-Ns and uh, I'm an L-E. So we're pretty close. I mean, we're only relatively close within the alphabet to each other. Mike, I think you're trying to to push his buttons. A-L-E. You're trying to push his buttons to see how good of a Christian reconciler Andy is. I, you know, that's probably what it is. Underneath that is the truth behind it. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for unearthing that, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen worse. I've seen worse. <laughs> I mean, really? You well, we're have, just getting I'm, started. I'm encouraged by that, that you've yeah. seen worse than both Ryan and I. Yep. So wow. that means that there's hope for us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good thank, to be here. Thank you, Andy. It's great, great to see you and, and hear your voice. Thanks for joining us. Andy, can you tell us uh, how, tell us a story about how you first learned about the, the protests and, uh, and riots in Minneapolis? And give us a sense of how you're really close. Tell us a little bit about how, what that's been like for you and how close you are to what's going on or what was going on. Yeah, George Floyd was killed Memorial Day night around 8 p.m. And we had just gone to the cabin out in the woods up in central minnesota the 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 campfire had turned into my my therapist i just sat around this campfire and just cleared my head because we hadn't gone anywhere since the pandemic and so it was just wonderful to get away the kids were just having a blast just enjoying life and on the way home we leave tuesday um, tuesday afternoon because they, the kids still had school, kind of, but it didn't really matter. So we're on our way home, and uh, my wife gets a text from a, a cop that we know 
and he said yeah there there's something weird going on in your neighborhood something happened yesterday and so that was our first clue but i don't care i'm just driving I, i'm traffic there's no traffic because of the pandemic and I, i'm just cruising and just enjoying life with a smile i get home and i i, I sit on the couch and I'm, I'm still just smiling i'm just so happy and then i hear these choppers coming over our house and uh look outside and there's several news choppers hovering around uh, 38th street and chicago avenue which is six blocks from our home wow. you know, eight eight blocks wow. and so i'm still smiling i'm just wondering what's going on and uh, that was tuesday wednesday night things get a little bit scary but that's when that's that's what i heard that that was the first time that i heard and i my response was oh yeah everything happens at chicago on 38th that, that was my first response it was like oh this is this will blow by and nothing surprises me about about that intersection and once the protest started i thought my, my initial response was oh now I just have to be careful about which freeways I take because they like to march on the freeways. And that, that was my attitude toward everything. Just, just this non-caring, just uh, annoyance uh, that they were wrecking my happiness. That was my first, wow. sadly, my first response to what was wow. going on. I hadn't even watched the video. I, I didn't know what was going on, but that's how I heard. Yeah, Andy, thanks for that transparency too. You know that you're that you're willing to share that because a lot of times, as people are talking about uh, what took place and and how they feel about it, a lot of times they're speaking from uh, what has already occurred as opposed to kind of living in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that you brought us to that point of hey, here's what was going on. I I was spending time with my family. We were coming back, and and here's really the rawness of how I felt when I first heard about what exactly took place so can you um can you kind of take us through maybe what the the first couple days and nights were like as um the riots began and as more news people showed up and and, and all that stuff that kind of surrounded so it's it's close i mean this is really close to you guys um as a church so i'm wondering how that kind of impacted you and the people in your church once I saw the video, this is the the third police killing that uh, has happened since I, I've moved here. And so wow. the other two, the, the, the videos weren't as clear and everything. This is just so clear. This is just awfulness. And it, it once I saw that, I thought, I don't know. I didn't know what was going to happen, obviously, but like I was just sick. So those that that's when my 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 heart changed a little bit. Is that oh, this is this is this is awful. Those the 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 and then the violence started, and the the change between night and day was so drastic. You, you could go for a walk during the day. You just business is normal until, oh boy, it started to be about 5 p.m. Things would just, the, the, there was just this tenseness, uh, 
intensity about the city. And I remember a Thursday night, I, I was going to the church or at the office every day. And Thursday night, I just kept on hearing all these rumors. I mean, there was all these rumors that the electricity was going to get cut, that the cell phone towers were going to get cut, that, um, yeah, and then perpetuated by our, our leadership is that the, these were outsiders that were doing all the, all the looting and uh, arson. And so through all the, the, this information, it's so hard to make a good decision. And so I leave the church building Thursday night and I'm thinking, if I see you tomorrow, that'll be great, but I don't know because the, all the fires that had happened Wednesday night were nine blocks north of the church well, and along Lake Street, east, uh, it runs east and west. And so we just didn't know. And there was damage going all around us. You were, you were thinking that about the church property. I was the building thinking and, about the building. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, if you're here tomorrow, great. If yeah. you're not, it's nice knowing you. Because there was stuff going on all around us, north, south, east, and west. So um, you just didn't know. Mm -hmm. And with all the bad information and with all the, the just the fear, just making a decision in fear is so hard. And I, I looked at the our political leaders, they were doing news conferences at 1.30 in the morning and they're just, you could just tell that they were just so tired or hyped up on, on caffeine and adrenaline. And I thought, I can't even make a good decision. And I don't even have all these people talking in my face. I can't imagine the stress and the, the pressure that they were through, going through trying to make these huge decisions in short amount of time. The National Guard came in Friday night. I could be messing with the days because just pandemic days are just weird. Um, so they came in with 500 troops and that didn't do anything. It, it got, I don't know if it got worse, but it, it didn't help. And then they just say, we're bringing everybody. And I, I don't, they never told a final number of how many troops came in, but, but I mean, there's 12,000 in Minnesota's, but not all of them came. And finally, like things cooled down on, on Saturday. And by then, neighborhood organiz uh, groups had formed and it was it was so interesting we were just going for a walk and they said and uh, one of our neighbors said oh there's going to be a, a neighborhood meeting at the park at whatever time and so we go over there and there's like 120 of our neighbors there and this is pandemic time we haven't been in a large group in, in months so it's just <laughs> weird looking around and yeah. seeing other people and <laughs> and we, the organization that took place block by block. And finally we just said, this is, we've had enough. This is ridiculous. And so we set up um, uh, people to keep watch throughout the night. And, and uh, wow. so we met a lot of people and the community that formed because of this intensity, it was kind of amazing and, and, and good. So it was like a nice, it was like a, a group a, a, a group in the neighborhood that teamed up to protect the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And at the meeting, everybody was pretty calm. They understood the protests. Like, we all get it. Uh -huh. 
and that the violence was unproductive that was kind of the mood and we yeah we organized set up shifts and uh, and it, yeah it was kind of amazing so you said andy that people in the neighborhood weren't surprised about the protests and riots is that right or, well, or they understood it or... yeah they understood the protests they wanted to support that and yeah i mean making that distinction between the riots and the protests yeah. I don't, it, it has to be made and I, I, I just don't know exactly how to talk about that. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, because I know some people that were much closer to the fires and everything like that. And they had, um, there were many cars, SUVs and trucks without license plates, just racing around the city. And some of them were caught and they had accelerants in there to start fires, uh, propane, gasoline, uh, uh, tubes of gasoline. And it was, it was so intense. And, and there was a point that, do we, do we stay? Do we go? What do, what do we do? And then I tried to figure out, well, how do I get out of the city with all the roads closed and everything? And I, I just, the thought process it took so long to to process that it was it was just such an intense time we just want to step back for a second out of this particular story just to get some some context about your background you you served as a missionary in taiwan for 10 years right uh we actually just did an episode with danny bronson who talked about his his missionary experience and how that impacted how that impacts his life here in in the us how would you say your background as a missionary, which I think would be a huge positive, but I'd love to love to hear from you. How did your background as a missionary shape how you how you interact with your church and especially with your neighborhood? Does any of that training come into play or your experience come to bear in those interactions? Yeah, there's a couple assumptions behind just having missionaries. And one is that there are barriers to cross. And usually we think of physical, but like oceans and mountains and stuff like that. But the death of George Floyd kind of raised up all kinds of barriers. And the second assumption is that Christianity has something to say. So what are, what are some of the barriers that were brought up? And here's one of the issues talking about this subject is that everything is incomplete. Like this is just one thing. This is a tiny thing, but this is one thing that has struck me. So many people look at the police and they say, well, the problem is systemic racism. There are issues so embedded and it's so difficult that nothing but drastic measures can be taken that could lead to growing trust. And another group says, no, 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 this is a personal responsibility issue. Get rid of the bad cops, uh, take care of them, and that, that will uh, bring about the necessary change. And, and as a mediator, as a missionary, I, I'm not going to take sides here. These, but these two groups, they they hear each other, and and they respond. Well, no, you just don't get it. Uh, like LeBron said to Drew Brees, you don't get it. That's insufficient. And the other side is, oh, you want to turn this into the wild, wild west, and and then it it just escalates, just escalates, and that's a barrier. So what does Christianity have to say? I mean, 
simply Christianity says, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what does that mean? In, in this particular example, it means understand what others are saying with the same intensity that you want to be understood. Try that. Understand others with the same intensity that you want to be understood. And wonderful things will happen when you do that. You'll be humbled, and that's good. And, and, and doing this is absolutely exhausting. So that's hard. And then we read Proverbs 16, too. It says, people may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives, which means I don't even understand myself, and yet I'm so upset when other people don't understand me. And, and so that adds another a complication, another dimension. And thankfully, Christianity doesn't stop there. Christianity says there's a God who even though he, he doesn't agree with you, even though this God knows that you are hostile to him, goes, you go against him, this God sent his son, Jesus, to take the punishment that you and I deserve so that we may know God and be known by him. And nobody else can do that except God. And that, that puts us in such a good place, a, a, a humble, a gracious place. So th these crossing barriers, the idea behind a missionary is crossing barriers because God has something to say. It's, it's, it's good and necessary right now. Yeah, that's, that is, uh, that's very impactful the way that you uh, really frame that too um, with people. I, I know one of the things that really has birthed out of not only the pandemic, but also uh, this situation with George Floyd, at least in, in my own personal life, I have grown to realize that people um, process things completely different than maybe I do. Uh, definitely different than I do. Even everyone the way that they kind of interact or um, process. And I think that that's important to realize that. And I think as Christians, when we begin to realize that all people, even faith is processed differently in a lot of people's lives. I mean, the one, the one common denominator is Christ. And that's the thing that really is the bedrock and the foundation. Um, but realizing that I think can be a powerful tool that we have uh, in ministry as well. Um, so when you were talking about your neighbors and kind of coming together and that they understood about the protests uh, and you made um, that kind of clear that they were understanding that, I, I want to ask, what is what do you feel like the relationship is between uh, the neighborhood and say like the police now? So it seemed like we kind of got an idea of how the neighborhood was processing the, the protests and even the riots too. But what is, what's the overall feeling towards the police as well? What's so interesting is that the Saturday before all this, we had an alarm go off at church and the police were called and I, I come over and I'm thinking, oh, I'll have to wait for them. But they'd already done a perimeter check, no forced entry. And so I, 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 I just approached them and say, you want to get inside? And like, 
other people wouldn't have done that wouldn't have even dared to do that it was getting to be dusk dusk time and so they couldn't see me clearly and i i was jaywalking across the street hey hi guys you want to go inside and upon reflection i thought that is something that a lot of people would not have done and in during that encounter, yeah, they checked the place out professionally. And it was from the third precinct, which was the, the precinct that uh, these guys were from and that, that uh, dealt with George Floyd also. And so my, like you said, there are so many other stories that don't end like that. And so I, I've just been asking some of my neighbors, like, and every single one of them, every minority that I've talked to has an unfortunate story. Like, it's not wow. uncommon. Wow. Yeah. And, and so th this call for the change, uh, the drastic change in, in the police department, that's one thing. And then Minneapolis in April also did a huge change on on their uh, public school system too which will change where a lot of people go to which school and so there's all this change in this very short amount of time and like i don't i don't mind it i like change if it's well thought through which is really hard um, but there's going to be an incredible amount of change in a short amount of time right here in our city yeah. Yeah. One of the things uh, to kind of echo what you said, Andy, one of the things that was shared uh, by one of my friends on Facebook was um, just because it hasn't happened to you doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. And and that's one of the things that uh, really you brought out where you're like, you know, I was talking to people of different minorities and they all kind of have one of those stories. And then I think about your story where you're jaywalking across the street and you're like, Hey, do you want to, you want to just go, you want to go inside? And that is one of those things perfectly placed with just because it hasn't happened to us doesn't mean that it's not happening. And I think that's important for us to keep in mind too, as we do ministry. Yeah, that's, that's good. And I What's think that's, that's what I'm so yeah. weird about this conversation is that like somebody could take anything that I say and and just take it in the wrong way mm -hmm. or take it in a way that I didn't see mm -hmm. that I was totally blind to and yeah. that brings me back to my days in Taiwan where oh man I said so many stupid things and I don't even like you could just write me off there because oh he's just, his his language skills aren't aren't so great but here it's yeah. Well, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, I I just appreciate everything you've shared. I almost I don't know ask any more questions. I just want to sit and think about what you've mm -hmm. what you've shared with us and what you've been experiencing. Um, but maybe maybe you could just uh, as we start wrapping this up, what I'm wondering, what are like are there like one or two lessons or things you've learned during this time that we might benefit from knowing? I've come to even see more clearly how confession is the only way to break the cycle of escalation. People might hear that and say, oh yeah, I'm supposed to confess 
for what this country has done for hundreds of years. And that, that's a different topic for a different day. But we are, are led to think that the only way for God to be able to do anything through this mess is if I, if I treat people with disdain and maybe they'll learn their lesson and, or just simply be disrespectful and flippant toward others. And the, the reason we want to, that our hearts want to mislead and, and twist the truth is because we really don't believe that, that, that God will come through. And so the more and more familiar we become with our own hearts, the more we'll see that, oh my, there is always room for confession. Hmm. And then yeah. my dad just preached on Jesus seeing the crowds and having compassion on them. And I mean, these crowds are made up of all kinds of people he didn't he still had compassion on them he didn't agree with them he didn't agree with them a hundred percent on anything and he had compassion on them we make it uh we make agreement with people the condition all that oh yeah you're on my side so i'll feel sorry for you or uh, my heart will go out to you and we don't see that in jesus like I, I just thought, would I have sacrificed my son for the sins of the rioters? And that, that just put me in a place where I saw the great love and mercy and compassion of our God. That's a lot to think about, a lot to take in for sure. Um, we, I mean, I have, I have one more question, but it kind of brings me back to that idea with Tony too, where we, we get to the end of this conversation and now I'm going to ask you something totally different. And maybe that's what our listeners need to hear at the end of this, uh, is something a little different. And so, uh, since we're wrapping up at the tail end, I did want to give you a chance, Andy, to to kind of tell us about the video series that you're putting together um, to give us a little bit more information, maybe give yourself a little plug so that people can um, check out what you're working hard on. So you want to just tell us a little bit about that? So if the last three months have taught us anything, it's that nothing is for sure. Nothing is solid. And only the rock of Jesus Christ is. And so I'm encouraging people to gather five people who just don't know much about the Bible, much about Christianity. And these videos that I'm doing, they're found at myebenezerchurch.com, not org, com. And under Bible exploration, I love making up things. It's Bible exploration together with others or B2. And we're walking through the Gospel of John and we're reading it. And I just have one simple point and I ask people, well, what struck you? Well, what do you hope that is true that is within here? What, what are you struggling with? What do you think is uh, probably not true? What are, you, what are those questions that you have? What's funny is I posted my first one and in walks our, our, our bug guy for the church. And, and I, I have the setup still up in my, in my office and he comes in. What's, what are you doing? Well, I just posted a video and he, and he watches it and it started, it, it did its job. 
we got into the conversation about the Trinity and it's, I can't believe that and all kinds of things. And it, it was, it was just a wonderful, it's a starting point for conversation. Nice. So you said, just, just to make sure you said bug guy, B-U-G? bug guy. I don't know. Bug what's, guy. Cool. what's the right word? I don't uh, Exterminator. Exterminator. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yes. That's fine. That's okay. See, so now that's the next uh, type of thing that was brought up last episode. Danny talked about uh, yuck ducks and yay ducks, and now you're talking about bug guys. So this is great. Thank you so much, Andy. Thanks for being our guest today. Thanks for sharing your heart and your thoughts on this. Um, it's been humbling and quieting. Um, it's just been so good for me to hear hear what you've experienced and hear your thoughts on it and how you find the answers in the gospel and in Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for bringing us back to that. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. You can find Andy at my church.com. And so go check that out. Uh, thanks for, for being here uh, and for listening to the show, watching the show today. Don't forget to subscribe. And we'd love it if you shared the podcast with a friend or a colleague. So thanks so much. Thanks for being here. And we'll, we'll see you next time.